The final prospect breakdown pod today, we're looking at Anthony Black, who I am really high on. Jumbo creator, good defender, but does he fit with the Pacers? Does he make sense at number seven? We'll get to all of it with Leaf Tulin today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today there are six days until the NBA draft. Let's get in one more draft prospect profile. It's Anthony Black, someone I'm very high on, although I don't know if he is necessarily the perfect fit for the Pacers at number seven. We'll get into all of that today with Lee Tulin talking about why I'm higher on black, what his skill set is, how he fits into this draft picture, his fit with the Pacers, all sorts of little stuff about his game. If you have any other draft topics you think need to be covered before next Thursday, let me know either by tweeting at me at Tony R East or commenting if you're watching on YouTube, because there's still three more shows to go between now and then. lots to cover still with what this Pacers team needs to do exactly we're doing free agency previews as well we've done small forwards and power forwards this week as well as centers coming next monday so lots of fun stuff on both sides of the draft and free agency line but let's get right into today's episode talking anthony black with leaf let's just do it leaf Thulin is here from our locked on nba big board show and it's anthony black day someone i am significantly higher on than the consensus of this draft, but that is neither here nor there. I want to break down his game, what his fit with the Pacers could look like, where he stands in the top 10 of this draft and leaf. We discussed this, but as listeners know, we discussed Ben Matherin last year. So maybe you are the chosen one for Pacers draft prospect breakdowns. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I gave a glowing review of Matherin last <laughs> year and it worked out nicely for you guys. I'm not sure if you're as high on black as you were Matherin last year though. Uh, they're similar. I, I think I had Matherin in my top six and, and Anthony Black's number eight, but I think by the end he might be seven on my board. Yeah, I have Black higher than you. I would say specifically where until potentially later in the show. But you know, the, I always start these with the elevator pitch just for people that have no idea who these guys are. And Black's is that he is a gigantic guard with creation upside who can really defend on the perimeter and everything else is kind of a giant question mark. So it, that's what makes him so tantalizing to me is like, if all of those things that I said at the beginning hit and he is just this really tall change of speed creator who can defend on the perimeter, like I don't really care if he can't shoot <laughs> honestly, but if he can't be that level of creator in the pros or the defense isn't what it looks like it could be, then there's going to be a lot of questions about what his role is, how he can even be on the floor a bunch. So he's really interesting in that his upside is enormous, but at the same time, if, if some of his question mark skills don't hit, it's harder to find a role that makes sense for him. Yeah, I think he's got a fairly high floor. It's just scrutinized because it's not like the sexy appeal of what what is what he does well isn't as sexy as like if you were to have the ceiling hit, you're like, Oh my God, you got an all world <laughs> defender. And right. so I think people complain about like the simplicity of what he does well, which is brilliant. He's a, he's a six foot six guy. Who's a very much above average NBA athlete who creates at a high level. And he, even though his shot wasn't good, like 30% isn't good. It doesn't look 
broken. Like, like there's a difference between broken and like just not great touch. And I think he's closer to to being fixable than there uh, than there are some other guys. Thompson twins have significantly more questions about their shot. Are older, and Anthony Black has shown that he can carry a team. Uh, he was the best player on a Sweet 16 team that had injuries and zero spacing, and he was still able to function and do what he does well in a condensed basketball game, which isn't what would typically help someone of his archetype. He's the best player on a Sweet 16 team that is going to have at least three NBA players <laughs> also. so Probably he, four. He, yeah, I was going to say probably four. Yeah, if you really dig into it since Walsh State. Um, the, the thing that I like the most about him, among many things, is his change of speed with the ball is really impressive. Like when he comes around a screen, he'll be going really fast and he'll get past the screen and there's a defender's way and he'll slow down and then he'll accelerate again. Then he'll slow down. And that doesn't always lead to like the best finishing. He's a good finisher, but like he can pass from the middle of the floor in transition. He's super quick. So he can, you know, hit ahead or fly at himself with the ball and make plays. And, you know, he, he's a good enough finisher that people have to defend him. So if you can be, you know, I think he'll be NBA fast too. And so to be able to create with something that, like you can't teach speed, right? I'm I'm always high on things you can't teach, like jumping and speed and all height and all that kind of stuff. And he's also huge, which helps too, because once he gets into the lane, he's as sometimes as tall as these wings that are coming over to defend him. So he can see these passes and he can hit it to the opposite corner. I, like I was very impressed by his passing. His assist rate was really impressive. And I think jumbo creators are super valuable in the NBA, right? So if you can be fast and tall and be able to just get by guys into the lane, like, it's going to be really hard, even if he doesn't shoot that much and is just a passer, to to slow him down at the pro level. And I think that is where his offensive upside stands out to me. It's just like, what is the easy way to slow that creation down, right? You have to have somebody who can stay in front of him at all times if the speed is truly as good as it looks like it could be. Yeah, and I think one thing to mention is Arkansas had absolutely horrible spacing. Awful. And he was still able to get to places on a basketball court that are conducive to success anywhere. Like he gets to the nail. He's an instant paint touch. And here's a, I wrote this in, in my uh, kind of, I didn't do an article, but like a breakdown of Anthony Black a long time ago. And I just found this and thought it fit what you were talking about. And this is about like the pitch for him. Uh, Black will not be a top option offensively in the NBA, but is ready to contribute NBA solid minutes, conducting the show and defending the point of attack at a high level. Should he develop the shot to a higher degree? You're looking at a long-term high level starter with all defense potential yes. and facilitation. Like, yes. uh, and I, I wrote that in probably December. And so I, I think all of that still remains true. And I think you could even see more basketball creation than was, was shown then because he developed into a bigger role as Nick Smith was injured. Arkansas went through ups and downs and he took on a, a heavier burden. And I think all that stuff is true. Like he's not going to be your top score. Like if you're trying to draft him to be a top scorer, you're not drafting correctly. You're drafting to make your team better. And he can do that in a lot of ways. And that's why I say his floor is sneakily high. Yeah. I don't think he's a, a, bad score necessarily 65 percent at the rim good mid-range ish game because of his floater and his height again like a lot of times he gets in the paint he's just like oh this guy on me is shorter than me but the passing part of it and the secondary creation part of it i agree with you is like his ideal role and he's going to be really good at that too especially if he has any sort of three and we'll get to that like i think shooting is sometimes overrated as a thing that people talk about for prospects although it's important obviously but if he gets like to 34 percent and you can't just run him off the like you have to run him off the line it's like oh man you know this guy's gonna be perfect next to a high volume creator and 
that alone makes him really valuable on offense to me is like if you're tall and can create your the Pacers just saw this last year Tyrese Halbert in 6'4 6'5 right like it's really hard to guard him he can create a shot for himself or someone else every possession every single one like it's it, there's no scheme you can do you can try to force him left and some teams got away with that but like it's hard to slow those kind of guys down so I agree with you that I don't think black will be a score per se at the pro level I he shot like over 50 like his true shooting was fine I think it was like 56 percent it was good but at the same time like if he's an off-ball guy who the second he catches he's making a move or he's creating for somebody else I think that's really valuable and you know he did he did play off the ball some at at Arkansas that again they have other NBA talented players, their team. He's just so shifty that he can even wiggle free away from the play. Like there's a lot for me to like in terms of how he'll get open. And I really value creation with prospects and he certainly can create. Yeah. And I, I one thing that I, I think people are going to conflate but because of the way he played at Arkansas, where he had the ball in his hands. It was kind of like herky jerky at games where he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. <laughs> um, and I think what what you got to understand is you put them on any team, whether it's the Pacers or, or my Jazz or, or any team in the NBA. There's so much better spacing, so there's even more space for him to do what he does well. And even though the athleticism in the NBA is better than college basketball, I don't think that's as much of a jump as as it is a helper that there's so much space in the NBA. Also, the NBA runs a pick and roll or a pick and pop. And I think that's where Anthony Black's at his best. He snakes yeah. through them, uses his size to create advantages, see over defenses. And he can do things he couldn't do just because of how compact defenses played Arkansas because their best shooter was like a 30% shooter. And, and it's it's really hard to to have that be the case. And so one other thing is, if you're giving more freedom offensively, I think he'll have more gas left in the tank to play defense at an even higher level. And everyone talks about Casey Wallace being compared to like Marcus Smart or, or Drew Holiday as these grandiose comparisons. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. In fact, I'm not sure it's not likely Anthony Black's the best defensive guard. Um, I mean, maybe the Thompsons, but they might have a higher usage rate and I think Anthony Black's got just as good a chance of being as good a defender as Casey Wallace, if not better, because he's bigger. Hey, guys, one short little break here so I can talk to you about bird dogs who make the best pants and shorts out there. They make you look good. And I absolutely love them. I just wore them on my trip to New York City. Two different full days walking around 20K steps. They were comfortable all day and they make you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and your leg giving you like a sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. And they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix the issue of that kind of shorts by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. So you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they have their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA for a free Eddie style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown NBA for a free Eddie style tumbler along with whatever you order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. Try them out today. I think he's my number one defensive guard prospect. We'll get to why uh, in a minute, but just, yeah, I agree with everything you're, you're saying here. And I, I'm just so high on his skills that I feel like I'm just gonna be like, every time someone's something good, I'm like, yeah, totally. Um, the shooting we'll get to, it is not awesome. I'm a little lower on it than you, although his form is fine, but I think the spacing part of it is significant because he's really good at snaking pick and rolls. He keeps guys on his hip, right? So as soon as he's in the lane, it's like, okay, this is an advantage. This is huge. And, because he himself is huge. I think that's really valuable. I feel like I'm relying on his height a lot in the analysis, but like, Hey, he's still going to be six foot six when he is drafted. So I, there's just a lot to love about his offense to me. I, I, really, I think creation is my number one valued skill 
uh, in every draft. And uh, that's why I'm a little lower on some of the guys who are considered typical top three picks and way higher on Anthony Black. The defense of this is fascinating because this is usually a term that is reserved for offense. And we've actually used it already to talk about his offense in this, but he's shifty on defense. <laughs> I think that is something really interesting to talk about with his defense. Like I put this in my notes as something I noticed that he does because I don't know if I've ever seen anyone at any other teenagers do this when he gets screened and he's fighting through a screen and he has to get to his man. He spins his body all the way around the screen. Like his head is facing the rim. He's facing away from his man, but because he's so athletic and twitchy and, and shifty, he's right in front of his guy, like right away. Like, so even though there's a split second where like, he's not facing his man, he already is back in front of them. And it's just like, Whoa, what is that move? Like I've never seen that before. And he does it like three, four, five times a game to stay in front of guys. His foot speed is awesome. His size is huge. And he plays guard. So he's guarding guards, but I think he could guard wings who aren't like overpowering. And there's just like, as a, from a perimeter defense perspective, just being able to stay in front of larger players. Like I could probably see him guarding one through three in the NBA pretty easily. And he's quick. Like I'm just really high on the defensive upside too. His feels really good. You know, I think his positioning is really good. Even when he's not guarding the ball, like there's just a lot to like about his defense and his size is a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think defensively in the NBA, so much of it is containing the point of attack, funneling to defensive bigs. As for the Pacers, you've got Isaiah Jackson, who cleans up the glass. You've got, obviously, at the time being, Miles Turner. Who knows what's going to happen there? But so much of it is is playing your scheme and, and funneling to the rim protector, but so much help is given if you're able to contain the ball as opposed to just send him there like a, like a, a guy trying to dodge the bull, a matador. That's the word. Like like <laughs> so much of the jazz defense in years past was, was, oh, let's, let's funnel to Rudy Gobert. And then you see them getting exposed with Terrence Mann and Maxi Kleba hitting these threes. So I'm, I'm uniquely uh, appreciative of guards that really put their, put their chops ready to play defense and lock up on the perimeter and so if they have both potential offensively to facilitate and do things and be a plus, plus on that side and all NBA defense potential, which I, I don't say lightly, Anthony Black has that. And so I think yep. people sometimes say, oh, he's a little thin. He gets bumped off the ball when he gets screened. I, I see what you see. I see someone who fights over screens. And even if it's a little bit unconventional, somehow stays glued to his defender. And if you refine some of that, that like the way he does it, I think that means he's a got more potential as a defender than we even understand because it, it almost seems like he's raw defensively, but phenomenally productive. I agree that like him being thin matters on defense, but the fact that like, even when he gets smashed on a screen, he's like, all right, I'm going to do whatever I can to get back to my man. Like that's good. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Like that's part of defensive scouting. That's important. Like it's just, you know, people talk about the can't, won't, doesn't know how tier. It's like he always can and he always will try. You know, if you teach him how he can stay in front of guys, I think he'll be able to to switch really well. And that's where I think the defensive upside is significant, too, is that he again, whatever height you've seen. I don't remember what I don't give a crap what his without shoes measurement was at the combine. I'm sure it was like six, five or something, but six, five point seven, five. So Jarris Walker's height, basically just a little under that. Um so yeah, like that with shoes, he's like wing sized, right? Like you can switch anything almost at that height in the NBA and NBA team switch, 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 switch. And it's the Pacers switch. And they're probably going to switch one through four next year, depending on who they get at the four or who they draft, whatever. But that's huge for them, right? They have a lot of like size guys. They like to switch. Every team likes to switch. And Anthony Black can switch. He can guard his man. He can guard 
forwards, wings, whatever. And I think that's significant too, is that the Pacers need guys like that. They were awful at perimeter defense last year. They know it. They got to clean it up. Like you said, funneling guys middle can do a lot, but then at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, I've heard this comparison from people who are smart. Caitlin Cooper said it to me most recently. It's like, if you're buying mouse traps for a mouse, like it's good that you caught the mouse, but like you shouldn't need the mouse trap. You should eradicate the mouse in the first place. Like you need the perimeter defense to not need Miles Turner as much. And Anthony Black can provide that by guarding tons of positions, including his own. Yeah, Anthony Black's got this unique ability to defend without fouling and put pressure on the rim without fouling offensively. That's pretty rare considering that you'd consider like that type of stuff, like downhill attacking and, and aggressive defense to be like aggressive traits. I think there's a level of just like pace and understanding of how to play basketball that hasn't quite been tapped yet, but it's just like an innate knowledge. And I wouldn't, I've seen a lot of discourse on Twitter about him being like a basketball genius because uh, he reminds people of Giddy or Halliburton, for instance. I don't think he's quite there. I, I think those guys just have a unique ability to see the court. But he's closer than anyone else in this draft. He may not have quite the athleticism that Amen Thompson does, who offers a similar level of facilitation, but it's based off athleticism of the oak of John Morant. But Anthony Black combines athleticism and basketball, like just knowing how to play some just intangible game um, in a rare way. And I, and I see it almost more on defense than I do on offense because of his, his team's ineptitude shooting the ball. And so I'm very eager. And the more I've thought about this recently as a jazz fan, the more I want him on our team. And that was my initial guy all year. I was like, I want Anthony black as the season ended, the discourse shifted to, Oh, he's not as good a prospect. And as I'm coming closer to the draft, I'm going back to what I thought. I was like, this guy, this guy's unbelievable. And the Pacers don't necessarily make sense. Like you've, I'm sure you've talked about this. I don't see That's a way true. they want, they want uh, Anthony black. If they've got Halliburton, they've got Nemhard, and they got Matherin. But it, it applies to so many teams that I wouldn't even be mad if I were a Pacers fan if if Anthony Black was a take because he just applies to so many things that are motivational for the NBA. Like, what are you going to get better at to compete with these top teams? Well, you need to get better at defense, a little bit of a glue guy, a guy who helps with continuity, and he fits all those to a T. Yeah, I don't think he's the best Pacers fit of the top seven, eight, whatever guys. But I think it's way better than some people give it credit for. One, because they just need defense at all, like so bad. <laughs> it, it, they were 30th in defense, last, dead last in defense after the All-Star break two years in a row. Like, yeah, they can score like crazy. Halliburton's like a minimum top 10 offense, basically. But they got to stop guys at some point, and Black can do that, and he can fit in at many positions to do so. The reason I'm a little higher on the fit is, you know, and some of this is when Halberton's not playing. Like they just didn't have anybody who could really kind of be a creator and a threat to score. You know, TJ McConnell could create for others really well, and that was valuable. And Matherin could score, and Nembard could kind of do both, but not quite. Like Black would be closer to being able to keep their style, and especially in transition. Like we haven't even said this, but Black's awesome in the open floor, right? Like he can see his teammates. He's good on defense in that way. He can pressure when he knows he needs to pressure. Like he'll take all the space in front of him. Right. The stuff the Pacers do well in their identity, he's really good at. And he'd give them another guy who, like you mentioned, the Giddy Halbert stuff earlier. Again, he's not at that level, but who plays like them. And I, I think they need someone else like that. I don't know how that player would fit with their team. And maybe it needs to be a forward and not, you know, whatever you consider Black's position to me. It doesn't really matter. But I'm higher on the fit than most. 
just because they were just totally lost when Halbert was off the floor unavailable last season. But I do understand that I still have other guys over him from that fit and, and talent perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure you've delved into this deeply, but I'm, I'm curious. Fit-wise, I, I feel like the two that make the most sense as to who's available are Jarris Walker and Taylor Hendricks. Yes. Like you, you take 100%. your pick of which player you think fits the Pacers better, and maybe like true to fit, it's probably Hendricks just because he spaces more than Walker, but I think Walker's probably the better prospect, and that's where you, you pick fit or best player available. And You're nailing it. I agree with all that, too. Keep going. And so here, here's, the, here's the interesting thing. If, if the board shakes a little bit like one of the Thompsons falls, uh, Walker, Hendricks goes five to the Pistons, I think Whitmore is trending to be the favorite for the Rockets at four should they not trade. And now the Pacers are looking to add someone who can I- impact fairly readily, like quickly. I'm not certain that they wouldn't consider Anthony Black. I would still lean towards one of the Hendricks or or um, or Walker. But but is there a world where where that's an appeal uh, where they think he's got more potential than someone like Hendricks who has got a better fit, but he maybe is more of a a floor raiser as opposed to a ceiling raiser? Yeah, I think it's possible, right? Upside certainly matters when you're picking in the top 10. They're in a weird spot, though, because weird is the wrong word. It's not weird, but like they like a lot of these teams four through, gosh, I guess now that I mean, 10 minutes before recording this, all the Bradley Beal stuff came out. So I guess the Wizards are not trying to be good next year, but you know, four, five, six, and seven all want to be better, right? They all want to to get better. So maybe they want the floor raisers on their team, if, if that makes sense. And the Pacers have said the playoffs are our goal next year. Tyrese Halliburton said it. He tweeted it like three days ago. Like, that's what they want, and that's fine. He's good enough to do it. They were uh, had a winning record when him and Turner played. Like, they're good. But at the same time, Kevin Pritchard has said, yeah, like, we'll think about upside and positional fit and all this stuff. And Sometimes you draft for upside and it's the wrong pick. And sometimes you draft for fit and it's the wrong pick. And like, you know, you can't just ring your brain around that. You just got to draft who you think's the best at some point. And so I, I, I would assume like you that, you know, the, the combination of upside fit, everything makes Hendricks and Walker great, great, great fits for them. Those are probably going to be the top two on like my Pacers big board, if that even makes sense. But in terms of ranking players, I, I have black above both of them. One more break here, guys, so I can talk to you about game time. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have using game time. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find to buy tickets for every event in your area. I used it to buy tickets to a New York Liberty game last weekend. Super easy. You get images of your seat views and their lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection and job loss protection is perfect for any consumer the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so forget planning months in advance game time is the way to go download the game time app create an account and use the promo code lockdown nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase that sounds nice terms apply again create an account and redeem the code lockdown nba for 20 dollars off at game time download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed so why do you have black above someone like Jarris Walker? And this, this is just a little bit of a philosophical one. So <laughs> a lot of what he does is similar to black at a more coveted position defensively. It, it's just, he had less on ball exposure. Is that, is that kind of your, your differentiator creation upside? Yeah. I mean, I, I really value, like I have Amon Thompson really high too. 
because shot creation is just really important to me. The ups, the chance that, that you get a high upside creator is just extremely important. And so once all those guys are gone, which I think there's like four or five of them, then it becomes a little more about all the other skills. And, you know, I think what Jarris Walker has a little more creation upside than he's given credit for. Like if you watch him at IMG, you're like, Oh wow, <laughs> you're doing stuff with the ball. Like this is great. But um, yeah, that's where I put black over him. And like the, the shiftiness, the offensive firepower I like, even though, yes, Walker's probably my favorite defender in the top 10. I mean, he's just wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very fair one. I, I just figured I'd, I'd pose that for people listening because you guys have one of the rare players that can create like uh, just splendid. Every possession. Like, right. like every, every single possession, you can run through Tyrese Halliburton, he'll get yep. you a good shot. And now you have Benedict Matherin who – uh, is probably going to be a 20 to 25 per, per game score for the next seven years. Uh, like, I mean, prop could be more. I just think that that's the way he, he trends. So to me, for the Pacers, you almost do draft fit, but you want fit with upside, which is why I would lean Walker over Hendricks, even though F- Hendricks probably is a better true fit considering the fact he's a, a shooter. As to, tying it back to Anthony Black, I think if you were to take him as a wing, is that something you would consider? Because I think you'd still play through Halliburton and now you're asking him to be an off ball shooter. And that's where the trepidation about a shooter is something I value. Whereas like he could maybe yeah. become something like what John Morant is as a shooter. If they go under his screens, like I, I think black's got good enough touch that he can make that work in time. But like, you're not going to, you're not going to do that if you have Tyrese Halliburton. And that's why I think that this right. fit is just jarring enough that you wouldn't do it. Yeah. You know the that's why I put this in the little graphic for those on YouTube. But can he be a wing? Because if he can't, or you don't think he should ever be, then the Pacers probably just shouldn't pick him, right? They've got Mather and Halberton and Nembard already. They've got good fits there. Nembard's defense is solid for a young guy already. Like he probably should have made all rookie. In fact, he definitely should have made all rookie. Either way, you know if he if if you can't play black at the three, then he's just bare, there's not gonna be enough minutes <laughs> for all these guys, right? It just doesn't make sense without another move. And I don't know why they'd be tripping all over themselves to trade one of those three guys to fit in Anthony Black. Like he's, I think he's really good and in, in, in a vacuum big board where there's no players on any team, I'd have him really high, but there are players on teams and fit matters and so fit matters with your young players specifically that should be under contract for a long time. So if he can be a wing, if you, if you draft Anthony Black and you think, yeah, he can play the three, right? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to need him to make more three pointers, which I don't think he can, I, I, again, maybe he'll be better than, like what you're saying um, makes sense to me that his, his touch is decent on the threes. Like, I think he'll be better than his percentage at Arkansas, but I don't buy the shooting a ton. I don't know. We'll see. But if he can't do that and he's off the ball there, then then he's not really a wing. I mean, I kind of ascribe to the theory of you are what you can guard, and I think he can guard threes, so maybe that's fine. But th- there would be some clunkiness, certainly, uh, with the Pacers specifically there. But if they drafted him, I would assume it's under the thinking of we think he can play the three because if not, then I have a lot of questions about what they're doing with all these guards. Yeah, I I mean, I think he could play the three and play as a cutter. But I I think if a team's taking Anthony Black, they're going to give him the reins as a point guard, which is why I hesitate to see this as a fit for the Pacers. Um, Like last year, for instance, we were talking and you, you we texted, I believe, and I was like, uh, the best pick for the Pacers that could possibly happen is Benedict Mather. And, and I and we talked about that. And the large appeal was, look, if you have Halliburton and you've got like the, the core that you have, just take the best player available and one with upside. 
And I, th- I still think it's the same idea, best player available. But when you have a guy who has the keys to the franchise, taking someone that you'd want to give the keys to the franchise, uh, maybe not the franchise, but the keys to the team, at least offensively, um, it just seems redundant to a degree of of you don't want to duplicate your best player unless that player, like you have the two pick and Scoot Henderson's there, you probably take Brandon Miller. Personally, I would take Scoot Henderson because I just think oh, yeah. that le- that level of talent. 100%. And, and in Anthony Black's case, I'm high on him. I, I am. I like a lot of what he does in the last couple of days. I've just been like, man, he's so good at so many things that I I think are very valuable. But you just don't have as much value if you have Tyrese Halliburton and you have Tyrese Halliburton. I agree with that. The, his spot on any of these teams, like in the top, whatever, you know, the Rockets have creators that are young. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the Pistons have creators who are young. The Pacers have creators who are young. Like it seems like maybe Orlando, I guess, but they also have a lot of young guards. Washington, especially if they trade Beal, seems like the perfect Anthony Black fit to me, given his skills and where he should fit in. But again, like I, I can squint and say he's a wing or I can squint and say he's a jumbo creator and be like, yep, I get why any team would consider it, even though I don't necessarily think it makes the most sense for the Pacers. Everything you're saying makes sense. Where do you have him in your top 10, if you don't mind me asking, if he's in your top 10? Yeah, Anthony Black for me is at eight right now on my big board. Uh, I think there's a chance he moves to seven. I'm kind of watching oh, some film on a few players. Uh, there, There's a, a real-world way that I think he could have the best rookie season of the kind of the guys that are jumbo creators. And that's not counting Scoot Henderson. I think he's just a point guard. So like Amon Thompson, Osar Thompson, count Casey Wallace, if you'd like Kobe Bufkin, uh, Jalen Huchifino. I, I think there's a real chance if he goes to the wizards or the jazz or, or, or any of these landing spots, even the magic as a potential one at six, which I, I don't think that'll happen, but I'm not going to rule it out. Um, I think there's a way that he'd have a a solid instant impact, which is something people would be concerned about considering he has a flaw in his jump shot. Uh, so I think he's got a higher floor than people think and a higher ceiling than people think. And I don't have to talk myself too much into like what he can do on an NBA floor because I think the NBA floor helps him more than it hurts him. Yeah, agreed. I have him higher than you. I haven't finalized numbers yet, so I'm not sure I'll say a number, but it might be lower than five. It might be lower than five, Leaf. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. But again, right. for him, more. But, uh, but okay, also, I haven't really said this anywhere yet. I'm kind of lower on this draft class in general than a lot of people, which is strange. Like, feels like there's a lot of like 10th through 20th ranks guys for me in a normal year. The top is amazing, of course. That doesn't really matter. I think Anthony Black is is really wonderful. I think the stuff he's good at is unique and would help any NBA team. And the chance you could have a, a, a high quality secondary creator with size who can defend is just such a valuable kind of prototype. And I think the sales pitch for him is impressive. And I think any, any team could draft him and squint and say it makes sense, but in his actualized best role, I'm not sure it makes the most sense for the Pacers. Is that a good way to sum it up and close this out? Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I think his best role is emulating what Josh Giddy does. I'm not saying he is Josh Giddy, but emulating what Josh Giddy does well, emulating what jumbo creators that have found success do well and be better defensively than those guys. And that's where his upside is because he his floor is what he is offensively. And defensively, it is it is how good can he be defensively. Tyrese Halliburton is just otherworldly offensively. And it makes it hard to to visualize a way he's the pick for the Pacers, 
but he may well return value that the pick for the Pacers doesn't both immediately and down the road just because on-ball creators are, are a very coveted asset. Bingo. I think you nailed it. And uh, this will come out Friday. So this is uh, less than a week from the draft. I can't believe it. This is my last prospect profile of the year. Lots of draft stuff coming next week, as well as the free agency preview for the center position for the Pacers. Yes, I will talk about it, even though it makes very little sense for them to actually add a center to the team. Leaf, thank you for the time and uh, the extra time because we suck at technology, despite not being older people. Where can people find you and your work covering the draft? Yeah, um, NBA Big Board, a Lachlan NBA Big Boards where I'll be all week with Rafael Barlow and Richard Stamen. And then if you guys are interested in listening to what the Jazz may do, I'm taking over for David Locke for the next two weeks and and going over the draft and, and what happens post-draft. So in, in case you're interested, that's that's where I'll be. And then um, leave to lean on Twitter. Give me a follow. I, I post a lot of uh, jazz stuff and then NBA draft in specific. I'm, I'm a basketball junkie. I watch a lot of college hoops if you like that stuff too. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Thank you all for listening this week. Some fun episodes. Sorry that I still sound like this. Hopefully it is gone by the next time you guys are listening. Have a fantastic day. See you soon.